Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome, everybody, to the Abundant Live Podcast. This is episode number 51, mm, and I'm 51. here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez, and today hello, hello. we have a special guest with us. Heather, welcome to the show. Yep, welcome, welcome. What up? <laughs> <laughs> proper, proper. Yeah, everybody has their own introduction, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Walk-up right. music. I don't remember what Jeff said, but anyway. Yeah, it was cra- probably crazy, you know what yeah. I mean? He's, he's he, you know... He's on one. What's that? Yeah. The final countdown? Okay, very nice. It's not Friday yet, but yeah. We're approaching Friday. Yeah. So it's been a little bit since we uh, did the last episode, but uh, we've had some good good meals there in between. You know what? Work had a a brisket on Tuesday, and it was was a Mexican guy, right? So I looked at him, like, he gave him the Mexican eye, and he... He put a little bit more meat on there for me. Like, hey, bro, hook, hook, up, hook, up a, hook up a brother. So he hooked me up. You know what I, mean? I gave him the Mexican wink. So I'll, I'll hit you. I'll hit, if you need help on a claim, I got you. I need help on some brisket. And he just he put a little bit on more. You know, he gave me another fat piece. Oh, nice. And fatty brisket. Was it? Oh, fatty brisket. It. I didn't have to ask. Oh, for wow. It. He already saw me. Like, yep, this is fatty. Needs a fatty brisket. Yes, I was at me up. I was at my cousin's wedding this past week, and we had brisket also, and it was really? I mean, it was pretty bomb, dude. He used a, he used the same marinade that I use, and it's a, it's a marinade called Claude's, and uh, and it it was it was bomb. So, Heather, do you like brisket? Yeah, I love brisket. Okay. Last time we attempted to make anything barbecue was some some ribs that we uh we charred to a crisp. So that's all I got on that topic. <laughs> Okay, well, charred in a good way or charred no, in a was, bad way? Like it unedible. Was, it was unedible. Okay. It was very sad. But the chicken you guys brought was pretty good. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. I do you know. I do like ribs. What did you cook the ribs in, though? Like, did you just grill them or what did you it do? It was, uh, so I found a recipe on Food Network, Down Home with the Neelys. They're a barbecue sauce. Okay. It's like super, super good. A dry rub and then homemade barbecue sauce. Okay. It's amazing. I like light when sauce. It, when it gets like yeah. cooked yeah. right. So did light you, sauce? Yeah, I don't like a lot of sauce. Oh, we're enemies. I want to taste the meat. Nah. I want to taste the animal like powder. <laughs> I want to connect. So did you grill them or did you oven them? Oven um, the grill. Grill. Grilled. Bro, I never heard of that. Oven them. I'm, that's the first time I've ever heard. I've seen ribs done in the oven in the crock pot. I know, but I'm just the oh, oven, oven them. I never, you know. I'm sorry. A new coin. New coin yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put that in the... Uh, Wikipedia. We we typically uh, we smoke ours. We did the three two one, so you uh, yeah you do three three hours two hours oh. one hour but different and but yeah we rub them and uh, and then we uh, we do put some some sauce on them. We go a little heavy on the sauce though, but it's sweet baby rays. So I, I mean I like sweet baby rays. I mean if you're gonna buy it instead of make it yeah it's sweet baby rays man it's it's like a one on a steak you know what I mean if a steak is good you know stands alone it depends though a dash of salt I do like a little flavor so I do like the A1 on the steak really yeah yeah just a little bit I think they would slap you if you asked for steak sauce at a steakhouse you know what I mean like it has to be that you good. leave now yeah. <laughs> you've been here two hours four hours yeah. well so, you know, well, the steak that we had at steak 44 now that was bro so that was good to go bro. back to steak 44 uh, Rebecca 
you know, we have a little, right? And yeah. the, uh, not so little anymore, but yeah, no, he's, he's taller than I am, but that's not a, everybody's taller than I am, but, um, <laughs> he turned 18, right? We graduated with the match and his mom gave us a gift card to Morton's and it was a hundred bucks. And so Rebecca and I, the kids were gone. Um, and so we're like, Hey, let's go to have a dinner at Morton's. Well, she told him it was our 24th anniversary, which we're not there yet, but it's about a week and a half away. So we went to Morton's a week ago, and uh, they had a menu that said "Happy 24th Anniversary." So they were like on point. With it was the best service I ever had. They took a picture of us, had it, you know, printed out, signed wow. it. It was wow. beautiful. Very the person had a immaculate, you know, just her writing was f- f- phenomenal. They treated us like kings and queens over there, but the steak was not very good. Texas Roadhouse was better. Texas Roadhouse isn't a bad steak. It's good, I mean, but I mean, I'm paying $62 for a steak. That's a lot of money for yeah. a steak. Oh, $72 for a bone-in ribeye, 22 ounce. So Rebecca and I split. I wanted to, you know, do the macarena in my mouth, but it, it wasn't. That's almost as much as steak 44. It's, it's about <laughs> it's the same. Close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the bread was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. So I'll go back. I just will try something different. The steak was eh, you know. Like my dad would say, eh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would go back for that much per steak. I mean, I paid 66 bucks at the gift card, you know? Right. And they gave us an amazing dessert um, for, for on the house. Okay. But their service was like... That sweet cream corn brulee at oh, Steak yeah. 44. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah. They had, they had a somewhat different version. Um, and Lainey gave Rebecca a recipe for cream corn that she made tonight that was... Not State 44, but, you know, pretty close. It's Texas Roadhouse, cream of corn, not, you know. I will say Texas Roadhouse, though. I like the I like the rolls with that cinnamon butter or whatever. At, you know, they give you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I almost yeah. get full on those things before the steak comes because they're just. I like reg- I like the original butter, which I found out is margarine, which I was. So one time we came, we went and I brought my own butter because I wanted real butter. I don't want no <laughs> plastic. <laughs> Yeah. Would I want a Barbie movie and my bread and roll? You know what I mean? I wanted the real thing. No the bread's pretty good, though, man. I do, I do like the bread. Oh, yeah. It's it's, and Texas Roadhouse, for the price, you really can't beat no, it. No, you can't. You can't the beat it. steak's pretty 29 good. 29 bucks, two sides, and a 22-ounce bone-in ribeye and rolls. I already know the price, 29 bucks. I went to El Paso. It was 26 because of inflation over here. Oh, wow. Three bucks cheaper. Really? She's like, sir, that's 26. I go, hit me. Give me two of them. <laughs> I need two right now. So, yeah, it was it was delicious. Wow. So Nate and I went there, and El Paso is a little cheaper. So, El Paso. Texans know what's up, you know? Got to love El Paso. They got a little, uh, little taco joint there called Chico's Tacos. A lot of people know about Chico's Tacos. Um, but Chico's Tacos is pretty good. It's not it's not your typical taco. It's like a rolled taco. They serve it in this little container, and it's got like like – the best I can describe it is kind of like juice. It's like aju, you know, but it's just like they put the taco in it, and then they just tons of shredded uh, cheese on top, and they're just so. Is like taquitos, so like little taquitos, they're little, kind of. Yeah, but they're not. But they're but not. But then crunchy. they layer them again, so it's like garnish on the fries with taquito. It's good, bro. It's it's pretty bomb. Chico's tacos, pretty bro. Pretty awesome. Really? Uh, I mean, David was telling me about some place that he was uh, speeding, breaking the law to get to after church, after hearing a conviction, <laughs> convicting message about speeding. He, you know. Whatever, but anyway, uh, I, what is the name of that place, Heather? Uh, Mariachi's. Okay, never, yeah. never had it. No. Where, where, so what? It, it's like Filibertos, but like better than Filibertos. 
<laughs> it's not hard to be better than Philip. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like you're like taller than me. The little, like, okay. The little you're drive five, through, five. The little drive-through Mexican restaurant. You know what I mean? That that's like yeah, around yeah. town. Like that's what I'm comparing it to. Is not, it not the actual food. Otherwise, we would not be you know breaking laws, speeding. <laughs> To go no to judgment. a Mexican restaurant, you know. What do hey. you get there? Uh, I get the super nachos. What does David get there? <laughs> David gets a California burrito, but he can't get no pico. He doesn't get all the good stuff, you know. Just, it's just picky. Cheese, cheese and sour cream. Cheese and sour cream. No, you know, no chili. Extra cheese. No extra extra no sour cream. No. Oh, wow. Know. The red heat. sauce. Like, he wants no Yeah, smoke. hot sauce. Okay, hot sauce. Yeah. Talk I got the Arizona. Us. I hate to order California burrito in Arizona. It makes me feel bad. Like I'm calling him on state. But teach your own. Like you're a fraud. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fraud. We're in Arizona. Yeah. Can yeah. they just switch the name? California. Anyway. <laughs> I did have an Arizona burrito last night at Federico's. I ran three miles and then to reward myself, I went and. So what? You know, <laughs> what's in the Arizona burrito? I don't think I've had that at Federico's. Um, it's carne asada. It's potatoes. It's pico de gallo. Um, mm. And it has uh, diced jalapenos in there. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Fred Rico's is pretty good for, I mean, for the price. Um, I mean, you know, it's. I think it's better than Filiberto's. Yeah. Sure. I just can't buy tacos on any other day because I can have them for $1.79 on Tuesday. Why am I going to pay three seventy nine on a non-taco day? I can't do it. Unless you go get the special down at the Carniceria where you get the meat, the two pounds of meat for 20 bucks. I keep saying I'm going to do it. I never rice, do. And then you just get your own tortillas. You make your own taco. That's we true. did it yesterday, Wednesday. But they close early. They do, but if you put in an order, they'll have it ready for you and they'll keep it for you. When I left work at seven thirty, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's By the time too late. I got home, I ran. I think they start shutting down on like six six thirty. They start shutting the place down. But dude, there's lines like if if you get there late, like there's people just waiting. Well, that's Brian. I smashed on some ribs. I got two pounds and I ate them all in a day. It's funny, he goes to the car city to get ribs. That's hilarious. I know. That's no, funny. He's he's a different kind of guy. He is. You know, he, he wears is. the suspenders like rerun. You know, back in the day. <laughs> You seen him with the suspenders on? Looks like a rerun. Wow. What? Do you have the Dorito shirt on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And the Mountain Dew? Does he have a Mountain oh, Dew shirt? Oh, he has a Mountain Dew shirt, yeah. too. That's right. He one time brought out chips out of his car. Like, he had them stashed. He had, like, three bags. He said, they're on sale. Like, in the trunk? Uh, some were open. And I'm like, he goes, do you want some? I'm like, uh, I can just see him, like, scratching his sabaco or something and then putting his hand <laughs> in the chip. I'm like, no, thanks, bro. I'm, I'm you know. I'm hungry, but not that hungry. This ain't third world country hungry. Oh, man. So We digress. We digress. Sorry, we digress. guys. We Sorry. We get a guest and we uh, go off the rails. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's jump into some content here. Before we get into the content, uh, be sure to check us out online at AbundantLife.fm. Uh, you can uh, check out all of our episodes. We've got all of our show notes. We've got some resources and we have all of our recommendations for restaurants here in the Valley. We got to try mariachis. And they're rated in tacos, which is awesome. So... Uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. What do you, what would you say uh, Mariachi's is as far as taco? If we did taco reviews, so it's one out of five tacos. What would you give? Five being the best. Yeah. Five. I like. I like, oh, I, wow. I like their tacos, but we don't go to many places, so Man. I can't really. There's no come there. What am I? What I'm matching it matching it up to? You know what I mean? Well, if your baseline's Filiberto's <laughs> and Taco Bell, I don't know. You know, you gotta. Yeah, we're talking to Anita. Taco Bell's five, so we consider it the source. There's gonna be an, a donate asterisk at the bottom. GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Heather does. You know, maybe not well versed in. The, that's so. a pretty like that's five is. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's top that's top top notch. Like not every dunk is a ten. Yeah, right? I have to you check this place like out. Hold that ten for like phenomenal. Yeah, like, you know, how does it compare to Carolinas or you know what I mean? Like these other restaurants. Yeah, gotta, I don't know what uh, you're talking about. Fifty nine. I have to go check it out. Fifty ninth and Greenway. Have you been yeah. to Carolinas? No. No. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Tasty. We are also on social media. Uh, check us out on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And today. We are going to be uh, talking to Heather about dealing with offenses and forgiveness. And so what I'm going to go ahead and do is uh, jump into Webster's 1828, and we are going to define forgiveness. And it says, the act of forgiving the pardon of an offender by which he is considered and treated as not guilty. Hmm. The forgiveness of enemies is a Christian duty. And uh, Sasso is going to go ahead and hit us with the uh, key verse. Yeah, we'll look at uh, Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. It's a lot of times, Ben. It's a lot of times. And, you know, some people would probably take that literally and say, well, how, that's, that's a certain amount. No, he just meant that that's excessive a lot like innumerable like, it, there you go i like that because i've forgiven people more than 49 you know 490 <laughs> times i mean yes and probably i've been forgiven many more oh, than yeah, that yeah, too for sure for sure but uh one guy in particular you know you know who you are <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> so no cross talk me buddy so a few weeks ago uh we had the blessing and the privilege of watching heather get baptized in our church and uh, Heather has this uh, truly amazing testimony of, of um, where God has brought her from. And um, so typically, you know, in a, in a movie, you, you have, you know, the, the climax of the movies kind of towards the end. And, and in this podcast episode, we're, we're going to do the climax right now because this is going to be the climax of the, of the podcast episode. Um, we're going to have Heather actually read her, her testimony. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, get a little bit deeper and, and talk about, um, about forgiveness and where, where Heather has come from. So, uh, Heather, would you mind go ahead, go ahead and uh, sure. share your, your testimony with us? From homelessness and couch surfing throughout my middle school years and teens, riddled by addictions from alcoholism to marijuana, cocaine, meth, and opiates that started in junior high. Feelings of loneliness, depression, and anxiety led me to try to end it all a total of three times. I was riddled by my shame through accumulated sin. I was lost and on my way to full-blown destruction. Anything good that came my way, I felt undeserving, unworthy, questioning God through my trauma and not dealt with throughout my childhood, adolescence, and even young adulthood years. I believed that nothing was truly good, nothing was truly as it seemed or claimed to be. So self-sabotaging became my friend. Unafraid to die, I seemed to almost welcome it. The devil is a liar. He is the great deceiver. My environment in which I was raised in was not a godly one, and church was not a part of my routine. The only time I can recall attending church was in elementary school, when living with my grandmother in her trailer park, a friend next door asked me to tag along. I enjoyed it, but wasn't grasping the message. But God was sowing seeds. Along my journey that God was paving my path crossed with Kathleen Herman, whom had a son attending elementary school with my son. They rode the bus together. One day he asked to come over and to play with my eldest son. At this point, I had two sons and was still struggling with self-sabotaging, self-loathing, and addictions. Me, the not-so-peoply-people person, 
decided on this day, the day my son's friend's mother came to introduce herself to me and meet me so her son could visit with mine at my home. I decided for some strange reason to open up and share what I was dealing with. A weird calmness came, calmness came over me and I let the floodgates open. Her response was one out of love, one directed by God. She asked for us to attend church with her and I went and I started attending FTL, Freedom That Lasts, and we went to a Sunday service. Pastor Shaw came to our family home and gifted us with the exchange, where I placed my faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. Amen. As the one true Savior, my only Savior, the one great Redeemer, God's Son whom died for my sins and rose again, that I may become a new creature in Christ, a child of God, abandoned by blood, family, and friends. The devil told me I, I was alone that all who came would only one day leave. But God, God says, I will never leave nor forsake thee. Amen. Jesus is my true friend. The devil said it's okay to numb the pain with alcohol. It's legal, isn't it? The drugs will give you strength to face another day. But God says, lean on me when you are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. Amen. The devil said to me, look at what you've done. You're dirty, can never be forgiven. Look at all this sin you have committed. There's no hope, no turning back now. He adorned me with shame, regret, and hopelessness. But God says, my child, repent of your sins and turn away from them. Here is my son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, savior of the sinful, the lost, and the broken, a true friend with love that gives unto life, words that are true, loving, healing, and life-bringing, precious blood that has been shed for your gain, that wipes the slate clean. I have been forgiven. I am a new creature in Christ. Amen. My walk with Christ will be a forever lasting one, one in which there will come temptation, trials, and tribulation. But I now have a role model and a friend who also has not left me stranded, but has given me God's word, the Bible, to draw truth from, in which I can draw my strength from. Jesus is the golden standard. To achieve Christ-likeness is the goal. So much adversity I have faced in situations in which I've asked why and how am I still here? I now know God has been with me through it all, working in my life in ways unknown to myself. Never has he abandoned me or left my side. He was working, leading me to this very moment in time, always at work, working something greater than myself, leading me to the way, the truth, the life leading me to Jesus Christ, his son, light of the world. What a great God we have. Amen. Father to the fatherless, with love, compassion, mercy, patience, and forgiveness beyond all measure. I thank you, Father God, for sending your son, Jesus, to redeem lost sinners such as myself, to lead us from darkness unto light. I thank you for your love, mercy, patience, and forgiveness. I have been clean now for a year, filled with faith and renewed hope. I'm excited to see where God will lead me and my family next. Wow. Man, thank you for sharing that, Heather. Um, you know, it's, uh, you mentioned freedom at last, and, and, you know, that's, you know, we've been uh, going for the past, I don't know, month or so since uh, you've been baptized. And, and I can honestly say, like, every time I go, I, I'm encouraged because you have a testimony a powerful testimony, but just the uh, the fire that you have for the Lord right now is truly amazing. Uh, you, you know, you can't fake that kind of thing. And uh, 
So anyway, it's a, it, it's an encouragement, and I hope that the listeners out there are encouraged by this. Um, God God can do miracles, and that's I mean, regeneration in and of itself is a miracle. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it just I would say the last what two months, three months, maybe three months. Uh, just the difference from. I mean, you getting baptized, you getting married. I mean, it's kind of been a whirlwind for you in yeah. a lot of life events um, that you would, you know, if you were growing as a little kid, you'd mark it on the, you know, on the post or whatever of the of a door, right? But for you spiritually, there's been some markers for you. Um, and I think you getting baptized, right, was one. But uh, just even way before that, you could just see, you know, God working in your life and you allowing God. Because you've been coming to Freedom Last for Six years, five, six years, something like that, I would say. Um, so I looked back in my, my book, and it was, um, let's see, my first journal entry was 325 of 2017, wow. and the first like section that I actually got signed off on was 818, 2017. Wow. So it's been six years, right? But I, I would say within the last six months, have you seen progressive growth right um would you what would you say like did you just make a decision in your mind or what what propelled you to this change a decision to the well the holy spirit through working through the bible and becoming acquainted with who god is his character um a lot of the times um i used to question christianity and just religion in general um i didn't I didn't know the character of God um, through my life and my life experiences. I I didn't I was untrusting. So to me, from what I've heard and everything, and it's like, okay, well, who is to say that this this whole thing of Christianity isn't just um, them trying to control the masses, mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying, yeah. like trying to make them obey in a certain way so they don't have opposition but it's really backwards isn't it isn't it funny how once you get acquainted to who god is it's it's really actually backwards like the i feel as though the persecution of christianity is just it's so backwards it's backwards in the sense that god is a loving god and he offers true forgiveness and through that forgiveness, it, when you are exposed to the Bible and the words, that's why I got the new King James Version Bible, study Bible, to help me better understand. I like the notes in it a lot better. So it, to help me better understand what it is saying so I don't try to interpret it into my, my um, oh, well, I think this applies to me this way, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I want to know what it actually says. And so... The Holy Spirit is very convicting and it is it it penetrates. And I think as you can see with me, just one day it just clicked. I honestly it was during one day at Freedom That Last and I can't remember what it was, but you kind of brought it up to the whole group's um, face like, hey, how long have you been coming here and are you really working through the books type of thing? You know, and so I think I can't remember exactly the words that you said, but it did You're to it, say it more often. Apparently, <laughs> no, it did. It really, it really did. I was like, wait, I'm curious. Let me go back and look. So I went back to the very beginning of my book, 
And I'm like, 2017, bro, it's 2023. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Like, hmm, I wonder why I'm not seeing fruit or growth or anything like that. But are you really like trying to apply the truth? The truth? Yeah. Are you trying to, or are you just. I don't know. I, I said it to Rebecca like this, and it's it sounds so horrible, but it's so true that ignorance is said to be bliss, right? No, it has not been bliss. Let me tell you, yeah. ignorance has not been bliss. I, I, I was spiritually deprived, and you don't understand that you're spiritually bankrupt if you don't know what even that is or what that looks like, or if you're not even exposed to who God is. And that's why I love Freedom That Last is because it really gets down to Jesus Christ. Amen. Who he is, um, the motives and everything and the love and it breaks it down for you. And when you actually work through the book and actually apply it and do it, it it just the whole I can only just say the Holy Spirit works. He Amen. he's able right. to work in you. Amen. But you have to be able to I think it's just surrender, right? Surrender, yeah, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. Just yeah. to surrender and to to just do it. It's like you've done everything else, right? You I mean, that's what I was saying in my head, like, okay, why why am I not growing? And then when I went back and I looked through my journal from the Freedom That Last program, and you can see all the prayers that have been answered, mm. and you can you're witnessing it all unfold, and and you feel like because we're so I'm such a selfish person, you know, thinking about myself all the time and woe is me. But it's like wow, when I go back through the book and I really look at the prayers or what I was struggling with, what I was reading, and then eventually those actual verses or the chapter I was reading is applies somewhere in my life later on. Like, and then there's prayers that have been answered, and it's like God is not just a lazy God; He's always at work. But it's up to us to really try to it's up to us to see and if we're just if we're not seeking Mm -hmm. how are we going to see any of the good works that he has done for us in our lives well that's what he says right seek me and you shall find me um he he's a he's not a hiding right like even the apostle paul said this was not done in a corner like it's evident to mankind it's just what we choose to do with what he's done in our lives. And I think I was, you know, I talked about last week, I went through the journal. I just completed one. Um, and there was prayer requests because I was delinquent, right, in doing journaling. So that's a three-year journal, which is pretty bad. And there was, you know, just prayers from people that are coming to the ministry now that life-changing, right, filed for divorce, my wife. And now you see marriage restored. Mm, no. um, and you just don't always see what God does. I mean, you're into, you know, weight training and bodybuilding and things like that. And from when you look at your picture, you don't feel like maybe I progressed, right. but you look at the pictures from when you started, you're like, wow, I mean, I've gotten stronger and we just take yeah. it for granted, God's, but it's things, you know, change and we just don't always see it. It's like losing weight. You don't, <laughs> and people haven't seen you in six months, like, dang, you lost like, you know, 20 pounds. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, yeah. And I feel like a lot of us just get busy with life and we really should be trying to get busy with God. Amen. And we don't praise him, right? On Sunday, we talked about, he talked about Nehemiah and how they had moments of praise. 
and we don't stop to thank him for what he's done in our life and um and just the change that we've seen and uh, it, i mean just like you said he forgives right he's a, a god that forgives innumerable and it's the only relationship you'll ever have in this world where it's unconditional truly yeah right rebecca right. could say she loves me all she wants but if I bring home a, a you know Sanchita or a girlfriend tonight, um, that you know that's gonna break, right? It's she's not gonna be like, oh, that's cool, you yeah. know, yeah. because there's a condition on it, right? We've yeah. made it a covenant agreement to, right. you know, just love one another. But God, we've He's even said Israel, right? You've committed adultery mm-hmm. against me by pursuing other gods, but I'll still take you back if you repent, mm-hmm. right? And that's what He does for us. He forgives even when we've done things that we feel like we can never be forgiven for, and He just. Come Amen. home, right? He has a fatted calf ready for us. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Pastor Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You can't change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom at Last is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addiction. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. Please join us. For more information, please visit us online at GetVictoryToday.com. That's GetVictoryToday.com. And we're back. And uh, so, Heather, uh, you know, you you have such an amazing testimony, but can you take us back to... um, prior to salvation, you know, uh, I know you had a, a, a tough upbringing. I mean, um, most would have it easy. I know I had it easy com- in, in comparison, but you, you dealt with a lot of things growing up with, um, things with your mom and, and, and such and having to deal with forgiveness. And so, um, can you take us back and, and kind of share some of that with us? So, um, since topic is forgiveness, um, it is, it plays a key role, right? Our backgrounds and how we are raised or, you know, the experiences that we are, we, we have in life. And, um, my mom was, um, addicted for ever since I could remember. My grandmother was the one who kind of had raised me, but she became just to her age. She could not, no longer take care of me. So I had to, um, in elementary school kind of like go bounce around with my mom. Um, she became homeless because of her addictions. Um, so it sub- subjected me and my sister to a lot of things. It subjected me to a lot of things. And um, throughout that process, I uh, just grew to have anger. I, I used to seek her, seek her a relationship with her, but our relationship was obviously tumultuous and very toxic. Um, it was um, codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually became addicted to drugs as a teenager. I want to say around 15 years old. Um, It was tough, (laughs) needless to say. And there was a lot of things that I felt as though my mom was responsible for because I was obviously underage. And there was many times where I was literally left on the road and had to like hitchhike and go find her around town and so throughout my adulthood years I didn't seek help um I didn't know how to ask for help I didn't know really who to ask for help I didn't want to I guess admit that I had a problem because when you're 
when you're raised in such an environment, things become the norm when really they, <laughs> they really aren't. Right. And um, the fact that, I mean, I didn't have a relationship with God and I didn't know anyone in the church or anything like that. So I didn't have any like stability as, as far as that goes. Um, I struggled with forgiving my mom. Um, I felt as though she needed to say sorry to me. She mm. needed to admit that she failed as a mom. Like she needed to tell me the wrongs that she had committed against me and asked me for forgiveness. And then, and only then, could we have a restoration of a relationship that we could move, that I could find some type of solace in and then move forward. Because I feel like that's kind of like what we are taught. Um, and in my, in, my, in my realm, um, it's like an eye for an eye, you know? <laughs> like, it's not like... You know, yeah. every time I would try to talk about feelings, it was I was a crybaby. It was, you know, that that kind of thing's frowned upon. You don't like really downplay your feelings. Yeah, you yeah. you gotta like boss up. You know, like yeah, it's not. Up, yeah, it's not about it's not about all that. And it just it is what it is, you know. And then you just move on. Well, that just led me to to self loathing and bitterness, and I held anger and resentment toward her. And, um, there was even a point at one time where she, I, I don't want to like glorify any sin or anything like that. Um, I just, there was a point in time where an offender against me when I was underage came to her and she actually had told me, well, he said he's sorry. And it's like, wait a minute, you're still talking to these people? Like, I thought you we're not hanging out with that crew anymore. So a lot of these things really held me back. Um, but God actually gifted me an opportunity to talk with her. And I don't even remember what stirred it up, but I did go back in my journal and I looked at, so my mom passed away from an overdose in June of, um, June 22nd of 2017. And, um, so God was working in my heart through FTL and had me meet Kathy. So I feel, I feel so much conviction that God was setting me up so I could lead a life of forgiveness. And not only that, but to find forgiveness and to have true change, um, a change of heart. And I, I feel like that only, only gets brought by by knowing Christ and coming to know Christ and giving, giving your life to Christ. It's it. And so anyways, in that I had a talk with her on the telephone, we weren't talking and she was trying to be a part of my life and my kid's life. Well, like I said, we had a codependent relationship where, you know, we, it was really toxic and she was at one point we were both using together and so it became a um, point where my husband had to step in and say you know she can no longer be a part of our lives until she's like clean because she's bad for your you and your our kids like stop being selfish type of deal and um so I was talking with her on the phone one day 
and she was crying and she was kind of like rambling. I believe it was, it was actually, believe it or not, like around Father's Day, I believe it was, we were having a barbecue and my dad, not my dad, I call him, my dad, not my dad, (laughs) um, was out here. And so I feel like she was trying to be a part of that because she wanted to restore relationships with him. But we had a talk on the phone and I was able to share with her what I was learning and that Christ forgave me for my sins and that I love her and I've forgiven her of everything and that I no longer hold anything against her where I used to, I used to be like so longing for that. I'm so sorry I failed you as a mom. And she used to always bite back with, I tried my best. I was a good mom. And it just wasn't enough for me. And I just felt compelled to forgive her and to share with her that through Christ, we have been forgiven. He has paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. And I just wished her the best. And I I wished that she would be able to, you know, like... in the future, we would be able to restore our relationship. And we talked about, she she said thank you. And we talked about all the things that we wished to do in the future. Um, and it was a really, we, we ended on a really good note. And I could just hear relief in my mom's voice. Um, and who's to say, I don't, I don't know if she really understood or, or anything like that. But I can say that there was a change in the tone of her voice on that day on the phone and um she passed away later on but like shortly after or yeah it was that was the last talk that i had with her wow. and then i i didn't didn't have any contact i think she contacted me once for i think she was uh behind on rent and i told her i couldn't help her but that was it wasn't like a yeah then she unfortunately succumbed to her own sin but you were able to just tell her that you forgave her yes i don't think it's possible to forgive somebody until you are forgiven by god right until you have that personal relationship because then you really understand what true forgiveness is about which enables you to like god is love right and part of love is forgiveness Mm -hmm. but the transaction doesn't happen until there's repentance and confession and with you, you God, repent yeah. with God, and then that transaction occurs, and the restoration occurs. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you almost didn't have that transaction with your mom, even though you had a willing heart to forgive her. That was your heart attitude. You were willing to forgive her, even though she didn't ask for it, or you know have maybe a, a, a repentant attitude. Um, but your heart was right. Right. I think my hope was that. Me knowing God's love for me and for us all, this unconditional love and this self-sacrificing love, um, and that it that forgiveness of our penalty of sin, of my accumulated sin, and the the release of that burdenness that I the heaviness that I was carrying around with me, my hope was maybe one day she could also feel that and have that and witness that in me working for her that maybe it could bring about change and i think that that's i think that that love and that forgiveness 
really gets at what the root problem is, which is our heart. And it's really just a heart problem and that it just, it's able to restore us. And so well, to release that bitterness, I mean, cause bitterness, you're giving Satan a foothold in your life. But to release that 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 bitterness is, and I remember it was it uh, it was Jim Tillotson or you know when he came in and he he defined bitterness as, as drinking poison and waiting for the person to die. Right, and it's really what it is because you're you're destroying yourself inwardly because you're you build up anger for that person and you're I mean you're committing you're committing sin you're committing hatred in your heart and you're doing all these things and it's eating you alive basically just like drinking poison. Um, but to release that bitterness, um, it's it's like just releasing a burden. Well, and he talked about how he was injured in a skiing accident. We won't go into all the details. Um, and the accident, he broke his arm and he said, that's how, you know, when you've forgiven somebody is because at some point, right, when your arm's healing, um, it hurts, you know, like you, maybe two months later, it's like, Ooh, you turn it a certain way. It hurts. But after a year, it's just a scar. Right. Yeah. And when you forgive people, people say you forgive and forget, right? We it's you can't forget, no. right? It's there, you remember it. But it's choosing not to use it as an offense against right. someone else. And it's just right. a scar. Like I remember this happened to me in my life, but it no longer defines me and it's no longer something I hold on to. I give that. It's giving it to God, right? Cuz you can't as much as you would want your mom to say, "Heather, I failed you. I'm sorry." She didn't do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you give it to God and said, these are my expectations, God. And forgiveness is, is humility, right? right. And right. the opposite of forgiveness is contention, which he tells us is pride. Well, it's like when Stephen was getting uh, stoned, you know, uh, he at the moment he was getting stoned, he had a heart of forgiveness because he said, Father, forgive them for what they do. Yet he didn't necessarily forgive them because they didn't ask for it. They weren't repentant. They were stoning him. They were killing him. But he asked, he had, a, he had a heart of forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them. They, for, they don't know what they do. Um, so there's, you know. Which Jesus said himself, right? Which is powerful. Same thing, right? Jesus said the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like so he made the very tree that they would crucify him on. That's right. wild. Right? Yeah, he like, spoke it into existence. And these people yeah, that yeah. he did, made. The, the crown of thorns. That yeah. he made, he made the thorns. He, he did the all thorns, that. Yeah. And, he's, and that's what people will say, right? Yeah. I, think, I think it's important, too, because I think there's people that are easily offended over yeah. it. And you think about it and you're like, really? That's so stupid. And you're not going to forgive somebody because of that? Like, and people, I've heard people say like, you know, who's torn out your beard? Who's put a crown of thorns on your mm. head? And Jesus wasn't even, not that, I mean, it physically hurt, but he wasn't, I mean, he could have killed him, like, right? He could have mm-hmm. destroyed him and he chose not to because that's true forgiveness. And and that's what, I mean, the, to me, part of the point of this is how do we deal with people who offend us? How do we deal with people? How do we forgive people when they don't ask for forgiveness? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think you kind of explained it there, right? You, you, God worked in your heart and you decided, Hey, I'm going to forgive my mom, not dependent on her telling me which, what I think she should tell me because there's people that are clueless in this world, right? They have, and they're, I mean, your mom's not saved, right? She wasn't saved at the, you know, I don't know what happened from when you talked to her. But at the time you told her, as far as you know, maybe she wasn't saved. So what is her going to be her natural response, right? Is what it's right. always been because she's not occupied and doesn't know, right? right. Um, so what would you say if people were like, I'm offended by this person, I can't get over it? What advice would you give them on somebody that would say something like that to you? I would tell them to pray on it and that, that you know, God sees all and he knows all. Mm-hmm. That vengeance isn't ours to deal or Amen. to serve. 
and that we are as Christians and just really anybody in general, just right. I feel like there's for, obviously a good force and a bad force in this, in this life. And God is light and Satan is dark. And I feel as though Satan wants the, the to not obviously to cause animosity and to cause all that bitterness and that anger. Therefore we can't reconcile with one another mm-hmm. and we cre- recreate our own dysfunction and, and by hanging on to that bitterness. And it also hinders your own growth in your spiritual life and just in life in general, but especially for your spiritual growth and in, in your walk with God um, that we're called to forgive just as Jesus has forgiven us our sins and our trespasses, we are to called to forgive one another so that we could reconcile and be mm-hmm. in unity and we can rejoice and we can, we can focus on God and Amen. our relationship with God and, and showing others Christ. And I thought about this because I was telling Ben, I mean, I go to friend that last and I hear people that will bring up offenses of the past that they still haven't forgiven people of. And yeah. I thought of Heather, I go, what if, you know, the life that, you know, you had to endure and to get to this point, right, there had to be forgiveness along the way because you don't grow spiritually just as you said, right? Because right? Yep. you can't because God says, hey, I forgave you, you know, the parable of the great debt he forgave us and then the guy owes him like 50 bucks and he's choking him out. He's choking yeah. him out trying to <laughs> throw him in jail. Yeah. He's like, you know, that well, We, we create our own calamity yeah. in yeah. doing those yeah. things. And and we're serving, we're serving Satan. We're not we're not honoring God, and we're not serving serving God. We're choosing to destruct. Ephesians four thirty one and thirty two says, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice." It's interesting that that it's almost like a prerequisite to the next verse, which is, "Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another." as God in Christ forgave you. It's, it's like when you let go of that bitterness and you let go, it's like, it's almost like forgiveness is letting, is a letting go. It's a letting go of, of that. Giving offense. it to God. It's right? giving it to God. Just like Heather said, and I think it's in Romans, vengeance is mine. I will repay saith the Lord. And it's his, it's his for revenge. It's not for us to avenge. It's for him. I mean, when we hold on to that grudge into that it just builds bitterness and you then you give satan a foothold and then like you said you then you can't grow you you can't get sanctified because it's you're hindering yourself you're hindering your growth um because you don't you don't want you don't you don't want to uh you don't want to surrender and you don't want to be uh humble you 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 hold on to it pridefully i think as a believer too i I think the egregious thing is you're telling god like (laughs) If he were to be unjust, he would say, how dare you not forgive somebody when I've forgiven you of every sin, past, present, and future, and you can't get over somebody because they didn't save you a seat, or they cut you in the freedom that last food line? Are you are you kidding me? Like, what's wrong with you, right? Like, my dad would say, like, you know, be be a man. Like, that's no big deal. Come on. Um, Yeah. But God's not like that. But if he, if they were, I would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like, you stole all my money and I took a quarter from you and you're mad at, like, bro. Well, let's take another break and uh, we'll be back. Are you looking to apply God's truth in a practical way to your everyday life? Stay in the Fight is a weekday devotional written by Sasso Mendez. 
This short three-minute read looks at a verse of scripture and applies it to life in a very real and transparent way. Sasa's blog-style writing is humorous, relatable, and a great way to align your thoughts with God's Word. Visit stayinthefight.online and subscribe to get notified by email when it releases each weekday. Stay in the Fight is a great way to keep God in your focus, and it's easy to share with others. That's stayinthefight.online. And we're back. So Heather, uh, man, what an amazing testimony where God has brought you from. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, FTL, you're, you're just on fire. Uh, there's just been a lot going on in your life. I know you, you recently got baptized. Uh, you got married, married uh, send your kids off to camp. I mean, just, there's a lot of, a lot of good things happening right now. Um, and, you know, and, and a lot of these are, you know, when there's forgiveness, there's always consequences. Some are good, some are bad. So it's not always good consequences. Um, but a lot of what we're talking about today, they're, they're really good consequences. These are things that are helping you to grow uh, as a Christian. And so can you, can you kind of just elaborate where, where, are, where are you today and, and how, how is God working in your life today and what's, what's coming, what's next? Well, like like I said, like the relationship that I have personally with Jesus Christ and um, just getting to know him and the truths of the Bible, being able to stru- draw like strength and, and wisdom from that and being able to apply that into my own life so I can discern right from wrong and not just on my my base level emotions um that the the fact that i have been able to grow um i also want obviously my kids to experience that and have that and for that to be instilled in them um so we had the pleasure and the opportunity um through the church for them to attend san juan bible camp that's awesome um and that was made possible from donations so i greatly like god is good and he provides and my kids came back from camp and they just talked. First of all, there was no technology policy. <laughs> there was, you know, so my <laughs> eldest son had to leave his cell phone. Oh, yeah. Um, he came home. They both came home with just spiritual eyes. They, wow. I mean, literally spent hours. My eldest son spent hours talking to me and his father of of Jesus Christ, of of all of wow. all just all spiritual things spiritually, nothing spiritually refreshed just yes spiritually refreshed and yeah. you know he and so now they have the opportunity we're going to start to we're enrolling them in the american the arrowhead christian academy awesome. at the awesome. church yep. and yep. so that's going to be another opportunity for them to be able to get well acquainted with the truth and god's word and implement that into their lives and um, hopefully that obviously takes a hold of their heart and, um, just like it has, has mine. And so that's a huge, huge praise. Um, I just feel as though, you know, God is at work and he always has been, but it's once we surrender, we let go of all these, it's crazy to me to think that, okay, I could have, I could have done this a long time ago or, you you know, like, but obviously God's perfect timing and his will for our life is different for each and every one of us. And there may be some areas in which we are needed to grow. Who knows? And, but I love, but I love the fact that you're all in, like, you know, he talks about in revelation It says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but you're lukewarm and I'm going to spit you out. Talking about the churches. Talking about the churches. Yeah. It's a letter to Laodicea or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
but I love the fact that you're all in. I mean, it's not just, you know, I'm reading my Bible here and there. It's a checklist thing or we're, you know, we're attending church. You're not playing church. I mean, you're, you're all in. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the Deuteronomy six, you know, where you're, you're talking to your kids while you're walking along the way, sitting at the dinner table. I mean, it's, it's all in for Christ. And I love that. And that's how you're going to experience true spiritual growth. And I, and it's, and it's completely evident, um, in, in your life. And so, I just wanted to make that note. And there's only truly one way, right? When you get serious about God is that that's, you realize that yeah. that's it, right? You can't have thine own way, Lord, is having his own way and not playing church, not playing games, not wearing a suit and tie right. on Sunday right. and then doing whatever you want. It's a relationship. It's not. And I think to me, what it means to me is what do I do when I'm home alone by myself? Right. When nobody's watching. What are my thoughts? Right. Yeah. That's truly yeah. what defines me as a Christian is when yeah. I'm alone with God and nobody's watching me. Am I, am I doing right, right? Yeah. And that's a tough decision to come to because I can do right in front of all you people. Right. Yeah. And I can stand up there on yeah. Friday and give yeah. you a message. Yeah. And I even told Rebecca this yesterday. I said, when I give a message to you guys, right, during the week, it, God checks me with that and says, you right. said, like, you you said, you better. Did you and, pray? Yeah. <laughs> Did you pray about that, you know? And you're faced with this stress and forgiveness of somebody else, and you're like, I'm not going to forgive them, like, Bro, you just did a podcast when you gave your testimony saying you forgive others. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's like that, but it's like that every day. It's not like I'm perfect. I no, I mess not. up and I I am not slow to anger or wrath. Uh, well, God David's is, here, God so he can attest to this. So yeah, you have to God be honest. Is, no, God is still working on me, and but I do feel convicted and I am subjected to my own humility and I ask for forgiveness and I I change I try to go about changing my ways. I tr- I literally try to go about changing my ways. I don't just you know like uh, like sit in the background and be like cool with it or whatever. Too prideful to to do that. And I think that two Chronicles seven fourteen is such a good thing for everyone to hear. It's if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Um, This is quoted and out of the notes of the MacArthur Study Bible, uh, the New King James Version. And in the notes, it says, the conditions for national forgiveness of Israel's sins. So it was like basically an application. It's one, one is humility, Mm -hmm. two is prayer, Three is the longing for God and four is repentance. Um, and I think a big part of it too, um, that, that list is perfect, I think, but I think a big part of it too is that you're in the word. Right. Because the word is what's changing you. That word is powerful. It's a two-edged sword and it's what's changing you. And like you said, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Zazel's not perfect. Right. We we mess up. We know each other too well. Yeah, yeah. We, we mess yeah. up on a, on, a, on a daily basis, but it's that word that keeps us where we're at. If we, if we, and if we, if we, don't get in the word. I think we're going to get onto a slow fade, and, and right. then you end up. I yeah, mean, you know. and I think that's the amazing thing about we learn in freedom. The last First John one nine, right? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Pastor even said during the Lord's Supper this Sunday, and he said it before in freedom that last, is that we can be right with Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. We don't have to wait. We don't have to go see the the priest. We yeah. don't have to get. Yeah. We can ask for forgiveness. And be right back in. Because we mess up, right? We get a bad thought. We, we say something we shouldn't say. And we immediately I say, okay, I, I messed up. Well, it's a thief on the cross, right? I mean, he didn't get down and get baptized. He didn't get down and go do good works. Yeah. He just believed. He said, you're the Messiah. 
And he said, remember me today in your kingdom. He believed. And Jesus said, hey, you'll be with me today. And we'll see him. Today in paradise. We'll see him in heaven. Yeah, someday. it's not. It's not. By our works, no. uh, and that's no. that's so true. Like, because you can search and search, and it's funny because you know we're taught, oh, we'll say this mantra or say this, mm-hmm. just just good affirmations about yourself yeah. in the mirror, or you know, I, say this, I or say this or, in his prayer, and I'm and I'm gonna yeah. put this out there. I I believed that you know holding like getting crystals and stuff would cleanse my energy or get rid of evil spirits when I felt like I was being under attack, and it's funny that none of those things worked none of those things worked not one time but when I got right with God and I and I decided you know what I'm gonna surrender nothing else what is the common what am I lacking in all these areas what is lacking where what's a common denominator like what's the missing link and it's always been God. It's always been, mm-hmm. it's always been a relationship with Christ not knowing who he is mm. what he offers what that has always been missing and so absolutely i mean it's a spiritual warfare right i mean you're dealing with with spirits a spiritual world that we don't see you're dealing with demons um that we cannot see um but but god provides us with his word he provides us with prayer um it's the it's the armor of god um that helps us um to battle i mean it's you know it goes through the whole armor of god and then it talks about prayer you know, then you get on your knees and you pray, um, and I think I think that's important to know that, especially as a as a um, as you guys are growing in your faith. I know, uh, even just recently, I was talking to David, and you guys had a series of things happen, and I'm just thinking these are just demonic attacks because you guys are growing right now. You guys are 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 moving in your faith. Your God is moving in your faith and Satan wants to attack that. Satan wants to send you some lies and say, no, no, this is, this is not that great or it's okay to sin or it's okay to do this or compromise that or whatever, but he's going to send those little fiery darts, but you have to be ready. But I think you're doing all the, all the right things. You're in the word, you're praying. And like you said, you're not perfect, but you're working toward it. You're working toward it. So a hundred percent. I mean, that's, uh, I think just to speak about freedom that lasts, right? I love freedom that lasts. I think it can change your life. And I think the number one reason why it changes your life, because it's Bible principles, it's scripture memorization. And I always think of the book, right? If you come to freedom that lasts every Friday, um, to me, the most important part is the group. Um, because that's where you say your sections, that's where you share your request. That's the most important part to me. Um, but if you don't do the book and you don't read your Bible through the week, I was talking to my sister-in-law. She was saying like she had kids take piano lessons that would never practice during the week. And guess what? They never got better. And sometimes they digressed because they didn't practice throughout the week. So freedom that lasts is not a one Friday night, right? It's a lifestyle of I'm going to be, and it teaches you to journal, teaches you to be in the word every day, teaches you to pray, Mm -hmm. teaches you to repent. um, And it teaches you to memorize scripture. And how do you battle sin, right? With the word of God. It's How do you beautiful, know to yeah. forgive people? Yeah. The word of God. It's a beautiful way to have that foundation. I feel, I feel like it's a great, if you are unfamiliar with Christ, if you don't know God and you don't have a personal relationship with him, I encourage you to look at Freedom That Last because it really is a beautiful way to get acquainted. And it, mm-hmm. like you said, it teaches you the fundamentals. It gives you, it gives you a firm foundation. And um, 
even like you said, with the scripture memorization, it really did. It really did help. And I don't, I, I have not done this recently, which um, is probably because I have not been in my journal. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, I have not been in my journal <laughs> and I, one day me and David, we usually fight on like stupid things. Like I'll get irritated and I'll have, I'll be frustrated and he can sense that. Cause I'm one of those people where I don't know what that quote is, but like Where'd my you? face, my, my expression says it all. Your body I language. Yes. My you, body language, you, my face will tell you what I'm Steve. thinking without me having to open my mouth. Yeah. And he's the type that doesn't want things to linger and he will press and press and say, tell me what's on your mind. And oh usually, boy. usually it starts an argument. <laughs> but what was amazing was during that week, my verse was let all bitterness and wrath and <laughs> anger and clamor. You put all away with 31. you all malice <laughs> and be kind one to another tender hearted. Yes. And I cited that instead of citing what, what like my flesh wanted to cite. That verse came out of my mouth and he smiled and laughed and said, oh, that's a good one. Good. There's nothing I can say to that. <laughs> so, so it's true that the word Undefeated. of God is sharper than any two edged sword. Amen. And that's, that's so true. Amen. So 630 every Friday night, uh, 4030 West Yorkshire, and uh, we meet in the back. So I encourage you to, you can meet Heather in person if you'd like, and you can come join us for Friday night. And we have a meal. Yeah. We serve you some food. Yeah. Free food. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to sit by me if you don't want to. So, <laughs> there's one person that want to be in my group, so that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We forgive them. Yeah. Heather, do you want to close with the verse that you were sharing from uh, Psalms? Yes. So it's Psalm 86, 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to yeah. all those who call upon you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Heather. We appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we, we uh, are especially encouraged by your, your story. I hope the listeners are encouraged today. And uh, if you guys get a chance, visit us at AbundantLife.fm. If this episode has encouraged you in any way, shape, or form, would you please go ahead and hit that like button and do subscribe on, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button so that you are notified when we drop a new episode. And uh, we thank you guys for for hearing us. We've uh, crossed over the 50 mark. Yeah, crazy. So now we're on yeah. 51. Time yeah, time flies. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Abundant Life podcast. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you. So bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you.